Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Today, we're going to be talking about the book of Corinthians. But before we get into Corinthians, the books of Corinthians, first and second, before we get into Corinthians, I have a question for you adults out there. The question is, do you remember what it was like when you transitioned from being a child to an adult? Do you, um, do you remember that moment, right? I remember the moment. I remember when I went from being able to wake up on a Saturday, sit down and play with my toys, eat some cereal, to now I wake up on Saturday, drink a nasty black cup of coffee, Get out my reading glasses. This is for you old folks. This is not me. This is for Misty who's in there with the kids, you know. Get your reading glasses out. You know what I'm talking about, Miss Nicole. And I open my Bible. I may look at some bills, right? Do you remember what it felt like, though, when you had to make that transition? How you were so looking forward to growing up because you're like, oh, it's going to be exciting. I no longer have to follow my parents' rules. I make my own rules. I get to stay all night. Oh, party, right? Right? Then you get hit with a rude awakening. Oh, snap. I have to pay for water. Water is supposed to be free. I have to pay for water. Oh, I now care about lights being left on in the house because electricity is no joke, right? I now have to put gas in my own car. I now have to pay for my own cell phone bill, right? I have to, I have to get a job. And working at McDonald's just won't cut it. I, just want to, I mean, if you're working at McDonald's, this is not a plug against McDonald's. But as an adult, when you have kids, bringing home McDonald's pay means it's going to be a lot less for everybody else. When you make that transition from, adult, from a childhood to adult, it wasn't always easy. But if you agree with me, maybe you will, maybe you won't, it's totally worth it. Yeah. In the natural, we're supposed to be living in that childhood stage for roughly 18 some of you guys live a little bit longer. Andrea, 27. Some of us, right? But it's, it's supposed to be a short period of time based on how long you're supposed to be alive. It's supposed to be a little glimpse. You're a child for just a small bit of time. And then you grow up and you're an adult. Now you're effect, affecting the next generation. Now you have kids that you get to train and transition from childhood to adult. As we look at the book of Corinthians, we're going to look at what I feel like is the central theme to the books. I feel like Paul was saying, I need you to grow up. I need you to grow up. I need you to make that transition from being a child to being an adult. I'm not talking about physical. He was talking to adults. He was talking to people our age or some of you guys, not all of you ages. Some of you guys a little bit older than others, but he was talking to, he was talking to adults. He was like, spiritually, it's time for you to grow up. I know you've only been in the faith 17 years. (laughs) You know, you've only been saved most of your life. But now, it's time for you to grow up. And I feel like God has that message for us today. Here's what we know about Corinthians. In the backdrop, Corinthians was written by Paul. Paul, whose name changed to Saul. uh, He spent over a year and a half with this group of people in Corinth. Corinth was this seaport town. It was full. It was prosperous. Um, it was uh, full of a lot of different idols, if you will, or they believed in all those 
crazy things. Um, they, they were full of evil, if you can imagine it. Corinthian was a seaport town, so people would come. They would stop at one port. They actually said that, one commentary said that they would unload their box, their stuff, carry it all the way through Corinth to a traveling road, get to another seaport because the, the travel around that them would be difficult. So everybody actually stopped in their port, and so they had a lot of travelers. When Paul spent a year and a half with them, he actually grew the church. Not just grew the church. He was the first person to tell them about Christ. He took them from one to over a hundred. I don't know the numbers. I'm sure it was a lot. But they grew up under Paul's tutelage. So after spending that time with them, he had to leave. Then he writes some letters. The first letter we really don't get a count of. Paul references it to it in 1 Corinthians. Then he writes this letter, actual 1 Corinthians to them. And he want to address some things. There's many things he want to address, but I, again, I believe the heart of it is, it's time for you to grow up. So I want to address just three grow up things for us today. Because how many of you guys know we need to grow up in a lot of areas? A lot of areas. I'm just looking at myself. I need to grow up with, uh, when it comes to listening to my wife, but I'm not going to talk about it today. I'm talking about you guys. <laughs> this is not about me. It's about you, right? <laughs> I need to grow up in a lot of things. I need to grow up in what I believe about myself. Am I smart enough? I need to grow up in that area. I need to grow up with how I raise my children. I do need to whip my kids regularly. Ella, I'm sorry I have, I have forsaken you. I need to whip you more. So I need to grow up in these things. And there's so many things that we need to grow up in. And I just want to touch on these three areas. First one. As we find, I totally skipped over that. Oh, it's okay. We've flown with it. First one is you need to grow up in unity. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 13. Paul writes this. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no division in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. For some of you... For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels. My dear brothers and sisters, some of you are asking, am I a follower of Paul? Others are saying, I'm a follower of Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. Has Christ been divided into fractions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. Paul goes on in this, and he, he breaks this down to them, a simple thought. And this text actually reminds me of living in Detroit. And here's why. People grew up in the same neighborhood. But because you grew up on this side of the block, now you're a blood. Because you grew up on this side of the block, now you're a crip. That may not mean anything to you, but I want you to understand. Because you grew up on this side, you're trailer trash. Because you grew up on this side, you're bougie. Because you grew up on this side, oh, he is a city boy. Because he grew up on this side, he's a country boy. Paul said, this shouldn't happen to you. Not just that. He said, listen, you guys have divisions because you have favorite pastors or preachers. Some of you guys are, are diehard Baptists. Some of you guys are diehard Pentecostal. But this should not happen in the church. As a church, we should be united in all that we do. We may not come to the same church every day, but when it comes to being the body of Christ, we're one. And I thought to myself, has this happened today and age? Oh, Oh, it has. And I'm not even going to get on the issues of the last three, four years. But it has. It has been polarizing to see how divided we have become as a church. I'm not talking about the world. This book was not written to the world. 
I'm talking about us. I'm talking about you. No. He's <laughs> talking about, there you go. He likes Georgia. I don't like Georgia. So we divided on that. <laughs> Pastor Jody likes Georgia. That's why they're a bunch of losers. All right. But we're divided on this. We shouldn't be divided on this, you guys. If we're going to act like adults, we're going to realize we need to work hard to stay unified. It's easy to be like a kid, right? It's easy to be so caught up in our own world. If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. They're so focused on this. I have a son. He is so focused on playing toys. He can care less about anything else in the room. But as Christians, as adults, as parents, you care about everybody. We need to work hard on being together. We need to be work hard on being inclusive. I don't care if you white, black, red, or orange. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. I don't care if you're for vaccines or against vaccines. I don't care if you're for masks or against masks. I don't care if you're for Trump or against Trump. We need to be together on this issue that we are for the body of Christ. Jesus told us, and I learned this, I didn't learn this other day, I heard this the other day. Jesus told us that our job as believers is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We always stop there. But we're to make disciples of all nations. Understand, go into all the world. Yes, tell them about what you know. Preach the gospel. But don't just stop there. You got to make disciples. Which means it's going to take you walking alongside somebody that you don't like. Because the world does not look like you. The world is not in church on Sunday. The world is up to a lot of stuff. Because their eyes are blind. So let's stop blaming them for acting like the world. Why are we looking at everyone else expecting them to be like us? Instead of just being examples to them and telling them how much God loves them. I'm going to stop. Adults, adults, here's the point. Adults focus on remaining united. We need to focus on remaining united. As the day draws end, that doesn't even make sense in my own head, even as I said it, man. All right, as the day draws close for Jesus' return, realize it, it's going to be brother against brother. It's going to be sister against sister, household against household. Rome against our merchie. I know that's a big deal down here. <laughs> we need to work hard on remaining united. Second thing, I like this one. We need to grow up in our freedom. Let freedom ring. Okay, I just felt like I need to sing right then. We need to grow up on our freedom. But here's what Paul says. He takes the book of Corinthians 8 through 10, three chapters, really. And he goes through a lot of different things and talks about freedom. I'm going to just touch on some of them, so bear with me as I read these. I know you like, I have to listen to somebody read the Bible in church. I'm sorry. You need to grow up on your freedom. <laughs> so here's what it says. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 2. Now regarding questions about food that has been offered to idols. He's talking about food that's been offered to idols right here, but there's so much more. I want you to put anything in this category. Now, regarding drinking coffee in public. Now, regarding wearing a mask. Now, regarding going to church on Sunday. Food offered to idols. 
Yes, we know that we all have knowledge about this issue. But while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. Verse 9. But you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. But for if others see you with your superior knowledge, even the temple of an idol, won't they be encouraged to violate their conscience by eating food that has been offered to an idol? So because of your superior knowledge, a weaker believer for whom Christ died will be destroyed. And when you sin against other believers by encouraging them to do something that they believe is wrong, you are sinning against Christ. So if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live. For I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. Chapter 10. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. You know, this was like a gut gut punch to me because as my childhood brain, I like to think I'm free. I can do whatever I want. Like I I even at one point would go and say, I'm a grown man, dog. You can't, (laughs) I'm a grown. Some people know it is a grown man. You guys are no matter. Sorry. Right. I feel like, as a grown man, I had this mindset that I could do whatever I want. You ain't going to tell me what to do. I even have this thing about me. My wife knows this, and I hate this about me. I am so stinking stubborn. If you tell me what to do, I am likely to rebel, and which is of, of witchcraft, which the Lord is working on me. I am likely to do the opposite. Don't tell me. If she tell me to cut my hair, I'm not cutting my hair for a whole year. Just because I don't, you ain't going to tell me to cut my hair, which is bad. God is working on me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about, okay, right? But as a grown man, we have these thoughts. A grown woman, I know you grown, ma'am. Don't, I'm sorry. Don't tell me what to do. Uh-uh, no, he didn't, right? As a grown, as an adult, you have this mindset that you can't tell me what to do. Who does that look like, though? Doesn't that look like little kids? Stevie, it's time to go to bed. No! Who does that sound like? Do your homework. I don't want to do my homework. Who does that sound like? I just wonder, do we sound like adults or do we sound like kids? Because the adults are the ones that are saying, do your homework. The adults said, it's time to go to bed. The kids are the ones that say, you know what? I'm going to do what I want. I'm not, I'm going to pretend like I ain't hear them. I called them like, me, 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 me. I feel like a lot of us are acting like kids right now. And I hate that I feel like I have to say this, but I just want us to be honest, right? Because when we come to church, when we hear from God's message, it's not all about roses. It's not all about the pretty things. Yes, God wants you to have the good things, but he needs to check you because he needs you to grow up. He needs you to stop sitting in the kiddie section. He wants to move you to the adult table at Thanksgiving. He wants you to no longer just need all the things he can provide for you. He wants you to realize that you already have possession of it all. You just got to manage it well. Sit back and drink your black coffee. Ah, that was nasty. 
I don't like coffee, by the way. I drink it all the time, and I'm like, why in the world do I drink coffee? It's now a, a, a mind thing, and I'm addicted. I'll be the first to admit, I'm addicted to coffee, even though it's nasty. All right. God wants us to grow up, you guys. Yes, you have your freedoms, but consider what an adult do when it's time to pay bills. I can absolutely spend every dime I have, and I can guarantee you, if I got a check, it wouldn't take me more than an hour to spend every dime I have on shoes. I'm just talking about shoes. And I could. But as an adult, I can't buy shoes all the time. Because I have to consider which bill I'm going to pay this month. Car note, electric, gas, Ella's stupid singing. No, not, sorry, Ella. I, I love you. I feel like Pastor Ronnie up here. I can't see anything with these things on. As an adult, we have to weigh our options. We have freedoms, and you can do whatever you want. Oh, yes, boo-boo, you can do whatever you want. It's your world, squirrel. Do what you do. But just know your freedoms have consequences. Adults know that. Adults know that if they go spend all their money, their kids may not have food on the table tomorrow. Mamas know that if I go get dressed and fancy, my daughters, my sons may not have clothes. They were sacrificed. Mamas are good at this. They sacrifice to their own detriment so that their kids are taken care of. Some guys are good at this. Other guys are horrible. I'm talking about me right now. Like, shoot. They'll make do, baby. Their clothes from last year, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Holes in it. I had holes in the clothes when I was young. They'll be okay. Nobody make fun of them. It grows. It's, it's toughness, right? But adults realize our freedoms have limits. That's the point. Your freedom really does have limits. You can do whatever you want. You may be able to get away with it. But Paul was saying, listen, if your freedoms cause another person to sin, you need to be careful. Just grow up in this area. If nothing else, just consider how you are around that person. You ain't got to do it all the time. Just be considerate of other people. Adults realize that their freedoms have limit. Just thought I'd take a sip on that one. Okay. Last one. I need you to grow up in your love. I'm going to explain this. Love is a big one. Paul even, he starts off talking about love and he goes in um, and he compares it to if I have the gifts of speaking in tongues, if I could uh, do all these amazing things in the spirit, but I, ha- I don't have love, I'm nothing. Then he lays out what love really looks like. He says this. I'm sorry, let me pause. He also, in the middle of this chapter, towards the end, he also says this. Um, in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, he says, When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away my childish things. He said this right after saying the whole love thing. He was saying, look, once again, grow up. This whole love thing ain't easy. So let's, let's break it down. What, what does Paul say love is? He says this in, in 13, 4 through 7. He said, love is patient and kind. Whoa. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. 
Love did not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It doors through every circumstances. We're going to look at this from a child's standpoint. Love is patient. Tell me one child in the whole history of the world that has ever been patient. They want it now. I don't even, some adults still want it now. That's an adult concept. Being patient is not for kids. We could teach our kid to be patient. If you wait, I'll give you more. Just, just wait. Instead, they go ahead and eat what they have right in front of them because they can't be patient. Adults, love is patient. You can't have what you want right now. It may not even look the way you think right now, but give it time. Just as though you're pouring into a child and you realize they're growing as adults, you're giving it time to develop. Maybe they don't get it the first time. Maybe they don't get it the second time. After you bop them on the head the third time, maybe they still don't get it. It takes time for them to get it. But love is patient. They're willing to wait. Love is kind. Man, I know some unkind Christians. It almost makes you turned off to being a believer. I don't want to be around an unkind Christian. I'm actually, I could be super kind sometimes. I could be super nasty. Oh, God is working on me. Right? Love is not jealous. It's always the kids that are really jealous. Somebody else get a new car. You're like, man, I really want a new car. How come God to give me a new car? I go to church as much as him. I go to church three times a week. We're so jealous of other people, what other people have. We have to realize that God blessed us, and he's going to take care of us, our every need. If you want something, be patient. Work hard for it. Eventually it may come. What if it doesn't come? Too bad. Celebrate what other people have. You may not have been selected to that team, but you can celebrate what that team done. You can celebrate the people that got on that team. I'm not talking about you, Alex. You can celebrate the people that were selected to that team. You don't have to be jealous of that team. Mm, Hold on. Love is not boastful or proud. Kids always talk about, mommy, look at me. Look what I can do. Right? Boastful or proud. Oh, my gosh. I'm so good. I'm the best singer there is. I'm the best dancer there is. Right? That's kids. Adults, you wait for somebody else to give you recognition. Grow up in that. You ain't got to brag. So what? You look good. My mama told me I look good too, so that's not bragging. That's just the truth. Um, <laughs> love does not demand its own way. Is it your way or the highway? I'm talking about to, to the married folks. Is it your way or the highway? Are you the only one in the relationship? Oh, some quiet up in here in this Pentecostal church. And it keeps no record of being wrong. I'm going to sit over here at the dot table for this one. It keeps no record of being wrong. Do you know how many times someone has done me wrong? People have done me wrong. I don't. Because I don't keep record of it. As a child, we can count for every time somebody did us wrong. 
and we haven't known. We may say, oh, yeah, I forgave them. Right? We absolutely, I forgave them. But I know it. I know they did this. I know they did this. Let me tell you about when they did this. Oh, my goodness. You ain't going to believe what they just happened. I did this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to up along. They have a record. Maybe not keeping a journal, but it's up here. He said, we don't keep a record of that. Now, I'm not talking about if you need to go through therapy to work out something to somebody did you wrong, please do that. Because I understand that. You have to use wisdom. I'm just talking about little things. Somebody ate your sandwich in the office and now you want to go ahead and cut them. (laughs) Right? Right? A record of wrong. You told your you told your spouse how many times to put dishes in the dishwasher and how they how they loaded wrongly and now you're over there mumbling and complaining because I can't believe I told I told this individual how many times to put the dishes in the dishwasher the right way and they still can't do it? I'm not saying I do this. I'm saying other people may do this. This is not an example of my household. It's other people. Keep a record of wrong. Paul said grow up at these things. I want you to look at any of these love lists and I want you to actually physically think about what would a child do versus what would an adult do. That should tell you, man, I need to grow up. Maybe you, you are doing great in some things. That's awesome. You should give yourself a shake. Woohoo! But maybe there's some things you need to work on. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Do not rejoice about injustice. He said, love does not rejoice about injustice. Think about that. Have you ever had somebody come and tell you a story? I'm just going to give you a hypothetical story. Say, for instance, you didn't make it to a, a baseball team. And you come and you brag to everybody else, look at their record. They're now 0-4 and, and they suck. I'm just saying, hypothetically, that could happen. Not saying anybody in this room sitting over there drinking the water. I'm not saying that that happens, but hypothetically. Which one does it prove that you are, an adult or a child? I'm only pointing at other people because I don't want you guys to think of how horrible I am. Because I do a lot of these things. I do, and I know you probably do the same thing. Listen, Paul wants us to grow up. And I want you to look at these things, these three areas. Not all of them. There's so many other things he needs us to grow up in. And he wants us to grow up so that we can be fully mature adults. Because when we become mature adults, we're able to really take the world by storm. That's the big deal. He wants us to win people for Christ because it's not about us. It's about Christ. If it's about us, then we're still a child. We're still little babies who always crying, me, 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 who wants it our way, got to do it my way. You got to look at me. You got to talk to me. I need all the attention. I need all the things. As an adult, Paul said, grow up. It's not all about you. It's not about your freedoms. It's not just about what you, how you love when you think you're doing it that way. It's not just about these things. I need you to grow up so that, that God can use you to actually impart to other people and win people for Christ because people are watching you. They're watching how you respond. They're watching how you act. They're watching what you do. They're watching how you walk around, how you claim to love your wife or your husband. They're watching how you treat your kids. People are watching you. So if you're not growing up in this area, what that does to an unbeliever is this, I don't want to be a part of anything Christ has to do. Have to do. Because this person acts this way. I don't want nothing to do with it. 
I seen this person when he thought no one was looking. I saw this person cuss out the the McDonald's uh, the McDonald's lady because she got my order his order wrong. I saw how nasty this person was to that waitress because she made a mistake on his order. I saw that person screamed at their spouse when they got in the car. They thought I wasn't looking, but I was peeking. I was watching them. I saw how they left the church. They were all smiling, happy-go-lucky in the church. But once they walked into the parking lot, they were out there smoking and drinking and cutting up. I don't, this is not a church that was against drinking. Just want to say that. Pastor Jody, he doesn't drink. I don't drink. But we're not against drinking. We're against getting drunk. Just want to make sure you guys understand that. But people are watching you guys. Teenagers, people are watching you as well. You think just because you come to church on Sunday or Wednesday nights at 630? Did that for you? You think people aren't watching you? People are watching. How are you behaving when you're in school? You claim you want to be an adult. Stop acting like a kid. You got to be careful what you say. What you do, what you do, I don't know why I point to this, what you do, and ultimately, what you think, because this affects everything else. I'm going to ask Pastor Cheris to come up and play as we close this out. As you guys are here today, I only have those three thoughts for us. Ask yourself, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today about growing up in unity? Am I the one that's causing division in the church? Am I breaking off and causing uh, other church groups to grow up? Am I the one that's causing, uh, stepping on other people's freedom, that's causing other people to stumble because of what I claim I have my own freedom to do? Am I the one that's really not loving because I don't know what it looks like? Ask yourself, Holy Spirit, what are you revealing to me today? So if everyone bow your heads and close your eyes, as you're praying today, as we're just having that intimate moment with the Lord, ask yourself, God, what do you want me to do? Be honest with him. You don't have to tell anyone else. This is between you and the Lord right now. What areas do you need to grow up in? Because you thought you were a man or a woman. Maybe you were trained that a man does this. Paul says that's wrong. That's not how a man acts. Maybe you were trained that a woman does this. Paul will say, that's wrong. That's not what a woman does. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to you right now what it is he wants you to do. And more importantly, while you're there, I want you to tell God that you're willing to do it. That you're going to do it and you're going to follow up and do it. Follow through with it. So, Lord, right now, we just thank you, Lord, for every head is bowed, every eyes closed. We just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're speaking to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing to us what we need to work on. It's not enough just to come to church on Sunday mornings to get a message. I pray, Holy Spirit, that, you, Holy Spirit, that you're speaking to each of us individually what it is you want us to work on. And that we have the courage to do it this week. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for all you're doing in our lives. 
And we also want to give this opportunity while your heads about nice close. Maybe you don't know about Jesus. Maybe you just came to church, somebody brought you to church. Maybe you've heard about Jesus, but you don't have a relationship with him. Here's what I know. Because of what he done for me, Jesus is alive. I'm supposed to be dead. I'm supposed to be dead right now, but Jesus came and touched my body. And I've been healed because of the stripes that he bore. When he was on here on earth, he told his disciples, hey, I'm, I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. But don't worry, I'm coming back. And three days later, after they hung him on the cross, he rose from the dead. We don't believe that because of what the Bible says. We believe that because people saw it firsthand. They experienced it, and then they told us, and they wrote about it. So if you're here today and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, your opportunity is we're going to pray together, and you can pray this message with us. So let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you. I thank you for your son, that he came to earth, that he died for me, and that he rose again. I believe with my heart that Jesus is alive, and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Come and save me now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we just want to give you a hand hand clap. Awesome. Congratulations and welcome to the family. Your next step. If you made that prayer, you made that decision, our prayer partners will be up here on both sides. That one says prayer in Spanish just to let you know. Our prayer partners will be up here on both sides at the end of service. Please come down and talk to them because you're not in this alone. The whole part about being a disciple is walking next to someone as they show you what it means to be a believer so they can tell you what Jesus said. So if you pray that prayer, please come up here or you need prayer for anything else. When we close in uh, after service, you guys are welcome to come up and do that thing. I think I'm turning over to you right now or, oh, I do the blessing. Okay, I don't know. I haven't done this in a long time. Bear with me. I'm, I'm, I'm getting saved. All right. We want to pray this, this blessing out on you guys as found in Numbers chapter 10. Uh, it says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. Hope you guys have a great week. Tell somebody hi before you leave or bye or whatever you do. See you guys next time. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time. Oh,